The following program was paid for by the Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court Certified Criminal Trial Attorneys of the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Two of New Jersey's well-known former prosecutors bring you real-life encounters and candid conversations from thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. Come here for the truth and to know your most important rights, the right to live a fulfilled life, and your right to be your own success. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your hosts Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno, two lawyers from New Jersey, but not talking about the law. We are talking about mindset. We're talking about living a joyful life, living to your maximum potential, and I love doing the show. Um, And Dave, we got another amazing guest. Oh, without a doubt, Alex Demchek comes to us, a former SEC quarterback out of Missouri, and uh, he's been out there. He's, He's an author. And he has a book, uh, Thrive You, which is an inspirational book of a collection of stories from 100 collegiate and professional athletes from across the country. Um, but I think the book that he's most known for is The Sale, where he co-authored the book with John Gordon. And just before we got on camera, we were talking a little bit about the power of all the things that him and John are doing at, with leadership and events and things like that. And then also he created this company called Streamline, Streamline Books, where really exceptional idea. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that, where you help people put books together, author books, either hold their hand or, or help them with, with their original content. And I know a lot of people are struggling that want to write books, including <laughs> my co-host and law partner here. I've written, 10, Alex, I've written 10 books. And I'm proud to say, or not proud to say, I've not finished one. <laughs> Streamline books, right? We could talk. Bob, that's why that's why you have me on today. That's what we're, you know, by the end of this podcast, you'll we'll get that book done for you here soon. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. Alex, it is such a pleasure to have you on. Um, thank you for joining us on Nothing But The Truth. And, and just for our audience, can you tell them a little bit more about yourself just to set up the interview? Guys, it's an honor. I've heard great things about your show. I've been following it for a little while now, and you guys have some heavy heavy hitters on here, so I'm honored to be a part of it. And um, I'm married, uh, a father of one, a two and a half year old daughter, but in two, uh, sorry, a week and a half from now, we'll have a baby boy on the way. So I'm glad we could fit in this podcast before my wife went into labor. Uh, She's excited about that. And um, yeah, live in in Columbia, Missouri. um, And just love life, man. It's uh, finally getting warmer around here. So people in the Midwest are happy like usual. Um, but yeah, just honored to be here, guys. And uh, just really excited to, to learn from you as well. Yeah. And you're traveling a lot. I mean, we, we had to reschedule your first interview because of the traveling that you're doing. And you're doing a number of in-person events, some with John Gordon and some solo. 
Talk a little bit about the circuit right now as to what you're doing around and, the country. And, and John Gordon and what he does, I, so that our audience has an idea of what we're talking about in terms of the subject matter. Yeah. Well, for, first off, guys, it was completely my fault that I had the speaking engagement that day. So I know if we're talking about building trust and integrity today, I have to come out and say that was my fault. So thank you guys for being flexible. But yeah, John Gordon, my co-author, um, who hopefully we can get on the show, uh, he's the number five keynote speaker in America. And for the last seven years, I've been mentored by John. And so when I was a college football player at the University of Missouri, I heard him speak to the team and I approached John and was pretty much just like, how can I do what you're doing? Like, I, I want to do what you're doing someday. And he was kind of like, well, are you willing to work for free? And I was like, sure. And uh, so I started running his LinkedIn account and doing all these things just to add value. You know, this was seven years ago. And, um, and then, you know, last year in 2022, we co-authored a book called The Sale Together. And so it was so fun um, as I've been traveling the country, speaking to companies, teams, organizations on, you know, building trust and what does it look like to, to, to win at work and win at home. And I think it, it's such a, it's so, it's so easy for us as, you know, like many of you as well, as high performers to get kind of sucked into these things of life that, when you look back, you're like, man, did some of these things really matter that I pursued so heavily? And I think that's the heart of the book is is a story about that, about building trust and 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 integrity, you know. And so, yeah, I've just learned so much from John. And um, it was about two years ago that uh, I guess about a year and a half ago, I was in corporate America. I was doing sales and then doing speaking engagements on the side, where I actually made the jump. I quit my nine to five. W-2 salary, uh, comfortable job to go all in on something that I truly believed in. And, and guys, I'm just here to tell you that, as you guys know, when you go for something that you believe in, it's really cool to see the doors that, that start opening up all around you. Yeah. So, I mean, you use the word integrity and, and um, I'm curious about your thoughts on this, Alex. I, I use that exact word when I describe the political scenarios, not a politics show. And I said to myself, I, I was in politics. I was appointed by the governor to be the prosecutor of a county. And we had codes of ethics. And, and when people ask me, like, what's changed? I, I feel like there's such a lack of integrity. And I use that word specifically. I thought about it for a while. Um, integrity to vision, integrity to the betterment of other people, not just abject self-aggrandizement and and. I, and I, we don't see that in our politics, uh, regardless of what side of the equation you're on. Do you find that that makes it harder for people that you coach or people that you train or you speak to? Because I think we've really lowered the bar on that word integrity. What's your sense of that? Yeah, that's such a good word. And, you know, the, the word integrity, the, the root word is integer. And so it means, you know, a whole, it's obviously we know it's from math class in eighth grade, you know, a whole number, it's being complete. And so when you think about the well-rounded leader or the fully integrated leader, you know, it's someone that in today's society is kind of rare to your point. It's like, we've set this bar so low that um, it's almost like when you see someone do the right thing, it's like, oh my gosh, like how amazing when, when that should be the standard, right? And so, yeah, to, to your point, the, the book, it's a fable, just like all of John's other books. And essentially, the main character, whose name is Matt, um, he's doing great at work, but at home, things are not great. His wife essentially says, uh, look, if you don't make changes, like, I'm going to make a change. Like, we're getting a divorce if you're never home to help raise these kids. And 
And long story short, he has the chance at work to make the sale of a lifetime. And I don't know about you guys, you guys are really successful, but this sale would bring him $7 million. For me, that's a lot of money. I know for you guys, you're probably <laughs> like, well, that's chump change, Alex, you know, but you have the chance to make $7 million. And the only problem is to move forward with the sale, him and his team would have to lack integrity in some pretty major ways. And so now without ruining the book for, for your audience, they'll have to go out and buy it. Um, there's kind of this, this storyline in the book. Does, does Matt do the right thing? Or does he kind of cave to the pressure around him? And I think to your point, Bob, there's so many opportunities for all of us in our leadership, in our life to kind of take that shortcut. But it's mm. it's in those moments where you're just like, man, that wasn't worth it. And you see the ripple effect of negative things that happen when you when you do that in your life. I, I want to follow up with that. I, I think that is so profoundly stated, well stated. And uh, I think this is a big issue. You know, when I was prosecuted, there were a lot of times people were talking about how things would be perceived, how they'd be viewed by the media. And, and I remember on countless occasions saying, why are you worried about that? Why is that factoring into your analysis? Because no matter what we do, we're going to be criticized. So let's do the integratable thing, the thing that we think is the honest thing, the right thing. And if we get criticized, at least we get criticized and hold our heads high that we did what we felt was the right thing. But you mentioned something, you know, for guys that think that way, um, there's, I've thought it, and you tell me what you think about this. I mean, you see people get by sometimes who are doing the wrong thing and it disheartens you because if you have an ethical code that, that you refuse to stoop to that, you see people getting advancing faster than you do. It can be very disconcerting. How do you, what are your thoughts about that? Because you, you can compromise or not compromise or compromise a little bit. What do you think? Oh, that, that you, you tee that up perfectly. There's a song by a band called Casting Crowns, and they sing a song called, it's called, I'm not going to sing it to you guys, don't worry, um, but it's called Slow Fade. And essentially, it talks about, you know, the slow fade of progression in your life to where you wake up one day and everything's a, a mess, right, or a wreck. And so if you think about, even if you looked on ESPN right now, if you looked on the ESPN ticker, I guarantee you you would find some news article or headline that has to do with an integrity issue, you know? And when you look at these people's lives, like, I don't think you look at their life and say, you know what? They probably woke up this morning and they wanted to ruin their marriage or throw away their career or embarrass their organization. Like they probably didn't wake up and say that. I bet if you looked back in their life, you'd find a trail of maybe even just symptoms or mm. kind of like evidences of, these small rationalizations over time. It's kind of like this mm. snowball effect where, okay, I'm going to get away with this thing over here. No one don't, no one's mm. going to know I, I'm, I'm, I'm big time. I, I I'm entitled to this. Right. And then it keeps mm. going and going and going. And next thing you know, boom, there's, there's this, this crash that happens. And, and John Gordon talks about like, it, it's a, he had a great quote about this exact thing. He said, it's like driving a race car with no steering wheel. It's like, it looks great from the outside. It looks shiny. It looks awesome. But man, a crash is just waiting to happen. And I think mm -hmm. for us, that's the, the message of this book is it's hopefully just a wake up call to some leaders out there who are having success at work, but really making them be introspective to say, you know what? One, life is more than work. <laughs> There's more important things. But two, it's like, are there areas that maybe you're not bringing your best self to work? Are there areas that you have... Um, you're lacking integrity in your own life that are now affecting you 
at work. And I, I love this quote that relates to what you said, Bob. The quote is this, um, talent sets the floor, but character determines the ceiling. Mm. And I think, you know, for, for so many people out there, it's like your talent, you, you know, the X's and O's of what you do, that might get you the job, but your character is what keeps you there. Your character is what gets you promoted. And so you're to your point of the people that maybe are passing you up professionally, but they're lacking integrity. I think we could all agree that we've seen so many examples of how it just doesn't, maybe it works out for them in the short term, but when it comes to long-term success, it's usually not those people. It's usually the people who day in, day out, doing do the right thing and show up and are excellent at what they do. Well, that's uh, well, that is so well stated, and uh, there's so many things that you uh, you are right about in my mind from a leadership perspective. But we unfortunately have to take a break. But the good news, Dave, is we're going to be back on the other end. This is WMTR Radio's Nothing But the Truth with your host Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Please stand by. We'll be right back. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. Hey, welcome back to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth with Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Alex, listen, you had said so many things in that and, and some great quotes. I, I, I think this will resonate with you. Um, when I was in my leadership positions and even what we do right now at our law firm, you know, when we interview, we interview the person first. The skill set is not as relevant to me when I'm first interviewing a person for any job. And I often said this and, and I would say to my staff when I was the prosecutor or, or even here in my, my law firm now that I know some very incredibly talented people. You talked about that being the floor. And that is so true because I, I was concerned about their behavior, their way of interacting with people, uh, creating a team environment, holding people accountable, but holding people accountable in a way that is productive, not counterproductive. And I used to always say that I would rather have a a leader who doesn't have as much talent or knowledge as somebody else, because you can always find somebody with the talent or knowledge, but to be a leader is a, the ceiling, as you're referring to. Does that sure. resonate with you? What was I in the right space of management when I was thinking that way? A thousand percent, because studies are now showing that this Gen Z, you know, this next generation coming up, they would, which is kind of interesting, they would rather make less money, but be part of something that they're passionate about. So to go along with what you're saying in hiring, not only should you be looking for the person that, um, you know, get to know them as a person, get to know their their character, their integrity, but also like... I, I tell managers this all the time. It's like, don't be surprised in this new era of work from wherever. Don't be surprised if, if you have not been leading your people well. Don't be surprised when your best performer comes to you and says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to this other place because have you developed that culture on your team? So I think what you just said is perfect. And I think so many people will look and I talk with sales managers all the time. Hey, there's this awesome sales rep. He's going to make us so much money. And to your point, well, is he a great character fit? Because if he's not, he might come in for three months and break a record or two. But then if he, you know, is just a, a terrible kind of toxic force for your sales staff, is he really helping you out in the long term? And so I think you're spot on when you say that. Are you thinking about this from a long term perspective? Yeah, and Dave, like we talk about all the time. And from a management perspective, if I'm pay to taking 95% of my time for 5% of the problem, it always used to bother me because the people who were really performing well weren't getting the attention, in my opinion, mm. that they rightly deserved. And and so it's it's hard um, when you're making the wrong pick because the person talent 
yes. Skills, yes. Personality, emotional makeup, not the right fit is a, a disastrous situation, Dave. Sure. Talent sets the floor. Character sets the ceiling. Exceptional, Alex. I want to get back to the crash, too, because I think, I think a lot of people could relate. And look, there, there are some distractions that people have in their lives, I think, with social media. And I think there, there are tons of them coming from all different directions. And for that person, that may be either a little distracted or a lot distracted with a crash coming in the future. How does one get back on the right path? And then also, when you're back on the right path, how do you stay on the right path to avoid those continued distractions? that will inevitably be reoccurring? That's a million dollar question. That's a beautiful question because so many of us ask that in different ways. I think the first thing for me, when you talked about social media, and I almost heard that you say the word comparison. I don't know if you did, but a quote that another quote to bring into this conversation is one that I've been trying to live by humbly. um, And it's this comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And so I know, you know, us as leaders, every moment we spend looking at someone else and their skill set and their giftings, and we say, man, I, if only I could have that, you know, if I drove that car, well, th- then, I, mm. then I'll make it, you know, if I mm. go on that vacation, right? But then you do those things and you're like, well, wait, that didn't really fill me up like I thought it would. And so I think as leaders, every moment we spend looking at other people and and they're and, and again it's great to observe others and commend them but in, in an unhealthy way we are literally robbing ourselves mm-hmm. of joy mm-hmm. and so i think that's the first thing is understanding like each of us every person listening you've been blessed with certain giftings that are unique to you um to make a difference you've been blessed to be a blessing and i think when you start to understand that i have to preach that to myself um, and for me, it, it, practically what that looks like is to limit my social media. I don't need to always be on, you know, to me, it's kind of a freeing experience. I actually don't have any social media apps on my phone. Do I enjoy social media? Sure. But do I need to constantly be look? No, I don't. And so I limit it to just my my computer. The second part of your question, which I think was really insightful, is you have to have guardrails in place. Like none of us are perfect. We all know that, right? No, no one is flawless, but for me, what's been huge is just accountability, having other people like literally before I got on this podcast that I, I was at a meeting, it was actually with a, a, a bunch of dudes from my church, just kind of a, a small group meeting. And it's like people sharing people, you know, being vulnerable about, hey, what are the things that you're seeing that you're going through? Because without that, I think it's really hard on an island to try to do some of these things by yourself. I think we were made for community. We were made to connect. Um, and so to neglect that, it's almost like, you know, you look at something like Orange Theory Fitness or or CrossFit. Like, why are those so successful? Why are why have those brands created raving fans? Well, it's because of the community. It's a tribe mentality. And it's this elite group of people saying, hey, I'm going to make you better. We're going to make each other better. And I think it's something that John Gordon says all the time. It's not about me. It's about we. How can I make us mm. and the people around you better man i could have used you in uh in some of my other positions i've had you know i it, it's funny alex there, there was a guy i knew um i know who is the exact opposite of what you just explained everything is about how it's literally the antithesis of everything you just said about me brittle thinking about comparison all the time and i would always say to this person there's somebody that's always going to be better than you and somebody that's going to be underneath you. you got to be, and it actually led me to, to lecture around the country in a program I called Joyful Journey. And, and that program was basically how to live 
with gratitude for what you have in the present moment and stop, you know, all this this noise. But this person I used to say used to have a little a little person on his shoulder and before they even spoke or said something, that little person would tell them what they what they should think, what they should say, how they're being perceived, not being perceived. So there was a time where some people were saying, Bob, why do you continue to allow this person to be here? And my answer was, well, first of all, I feel sorry for the person and they're, they're performing the job and they don't really have a lot of influence over other people. But I said, if for nothing else, why don't you just take a look at that person and maybe say to yourself, show some compassion, show some understanding and be grateful that you're not that way. Or, or let yeah. that be an example to you that to the extent all of us have a little of that in us. All of us have that a little of that in us, and sometimes we have to stop, look, and go, right? We have to stop when we feel uncomfortable to look and see what, what's the trigger and, and go because you can make mistakes when you're reacting, when you're comparing, when you're brittle. And I actually feel deep compassion for this person because I know their life is just wasting away day by day, moment by moment with negativity and comparison. Do you, you know that kind of person I'm talking about? Like how... You know, how you see that, right? To some extent, we all share that. No. And one step further, a follow-up with that is, what do you do about that person yeah. in an organization as a leader? Well, I had to make sure that that person wasn't able to infect, you know, well, anybody else, right? See, Alex, what do you think? No, th those are great points you both bring up. And I, a, an old football coach told me this years ago, and I heard him tell it to the whole team. And he said, there's two ways to deal with someone in that scenario, especially in organizationally as a team. He said, you either change the player or you change the player. And what he meant was either the player on the team conforms to the culture that we're building here. They're, they're on the bus, you know, uh, talking about the energy bus. They're, 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 they're going in the same direction or we're going to change mm. the player. And so the second part, you know, that's a lot harder to do, obviously, organizationally, look, you know, whether that's telling someone, Hey, if you're, if you're not bought in, like, we don't have room for people that aren't bought in, but that's hard because I think uh, to your point, Bob, we all know someone like that and it can so easily take you down. Right. And so easily um, if you kind of start to think like they yeah. do, it's like they rub off on you. And so I just yeah. think for me, it's like, I'm around those people, but I know who my close friends are people that I, that are like-minded that encourage me. Like I, I, I don't hang out with people like that on a regular basis if I can choose not to. And I think, as you guys know, it's like the people you're around like that, that conforms that, that frames the way that you are. And so I think it's just being intentional with people like that of like, look, that's great that you feel that way, but I'm choosing not to believe those things. I'm, I'm, I'm on this different path over here, but to your point, Bob, it's not, not easy to do that. Yeah. 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 And you know, the, the, the irony is sometimes it's not always so easy because it wasn't that they're not on board and they didn't agree with the mission and they didn't have the cultural understanding. It's just that, as a person, they were just torturing themselves every day with that comparison and, and brittleness, Dave, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Alex, we, we have a course uh, starting this year for students that are interested in careers in law. And there's a, several modules there, and one of them is about interviewing. So for, for our prospective students that we're going to be teaching in a little bit, what key takeaways would you have to uh, give them some tips and hints on that interview when going in and interviewing for a job in today's society? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I recently spoke at a law firm in Missouri. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm so glad I'm doing this with you guys. Um, the one thing I would tell them is number one, they need to ask questions to get to know you guys. And they get to need to get to know the culture of what you guys are doing because to, from their perspective, like why start this job, get onboarded, 
have all these resources being put into them if they're going to get in there and say, you know what, this isn't the right fit. So I think my first thing would be they need to be tuned into, hey, what's the pace of your culture? What's the pulse? What what are the things that you guys are doing to build a culture internally? And then I think just the vulnerability piece is so important when we talk about building trust, integrity, like for these, a lot of these kids, you know, social media, it's like, if you, if you um, are in an interview and someone looks on your social media and it's not something that you're proud of, you probably should not have that on there, you know? And so I think it's just understanding, am I a good culture fit? Is this place that, you know, whether it's your law firm or somewhere else, is it going to allow them to grow? And, Mm. and maybe they don't become the top person at your law firm, but can they grow in certain capacities to where when they go on to the next thing in life, they're just that much more prepared and that much more um, kind of edified and built up by what they did at your law firm. You know, actually, just quickly, we don't have a lot of time, but I think you're right. I also say be truthful um, and, and, and be introspective to a certain extent. Like, it doesn't make any sense for you to, people seem to want a job. That's why we're doing the career and law program. We, we've done it many times before in brick and mortar, but now we're doing it virtually because know what you're getting into. It makes no sense for you to like look great, have a great resume, give all the quote unquote right answers if you are not a cultural fit because it's going to turn is a disaster to the employer and the employee. So I think recognizing what it is you're that's why when these people want to go to law school, they may have an image of what they think law school is or an image of what being a lawyer is, but they haven't really done the due diligence. And we find that from having taught this course before. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about? being true to thyself and and researching is this really what i want absolutely and i think sometimes you can't learn until you you know put yourself in the arena by going to an interview and and so again if you're listening to this show up to the interview try it but at the same time to your point be truthful and honest and say hey here are my goals and so if your goals are something completely unrelated you probably should bring that up in the interview and i think that's what's cool about this next generation gen z um they are passionate like when you find a gen z employee and they are solid mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the best employees you have but you got to mm-hmm. find those right ones and they're passionate they want to be part of something money might not even do it it's saying it's what will you do as a culture that will entice them to stay with you long term well, that must explain why it is that you made a decision to work for free on all that LinkedIn stuff. And you did that because you were passionate, you were invested, and now look at you. Dave, we're, we're out of time. <laughs> I know I mean, This could have been an hour easy. Um, I, I normally don't say that, but uh, you're really impressive. Yeah, thank you. Listen, this is WMTR Radio, something about the truth with your host, Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Uh, you know, hopefully we can have you back. Uh, the show is at 1030 on Saturdays on the radio. And Dave, where can they find us on the podcast? Yeah, Alex, well, first, if anyone's looking for you, where can they find you? Uh, AlexSpeaking.com, but also just a little plug. We'll let, we'll let all the listeners know when Bob book is ready to be published. We'll, we'll let all the listeners know. So <laughs> That's Streamline Books. Uh, they are helping authors uh, put books out. Um, they're helping them either write or helping their original content. So I also uh, uh, applaud that. But um, for everyone out there, look, you guys know what we're about. We're two attorneys here about mindset. Uh, The radio show comes out on Saturday and the podcast and the videos drop on Wednesday. That's nothing but the truth podcast.com where you could find all of that. Alex, it has been a pleasure. I've appreciated your content leading up to this interview, but I look forward to seeing more, even though even now knowing more about you. Thanks, bud. Hey, thank you both for having me. This is awesome. You guys have a good one. We're the Bianchi Law Group, a team of former 
prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... Relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.